nice to meet you. Thanks so much for coming in. Thanks so much for having me on. No worries. How have you been? Yeah, pretty good. Busy? I mean, it's been, yeah, a very busy few weeks just trying mm. to get back into Perth. And obviously I did a bit of a disruption last weekend. So it's definitely been a very busy week for me. Mm. All right. So, yeah, that would be a great way to start the conversation, I guess. Could you tell us about the Louis Vuitton um, thing that you did? Yeah, so I wanted to highlight the atrocities happening in the clothing industry in regards to animals being exploited and murdered for their skin and fur and wool and uh, feathers, scales, even silk. So I decided to do a disruption in Louis Vuitton um, to call them out on the animal abuse that they're profiting from. Yeah, well, okay. So um, how, how do you go about choosing specifically the businesses that you target for your protests? So like you do you do stuff, for, have done a few things at Coles, I think, and Woolworths yep. and stuff. Have you done anything at the IGA or any other um, places like that? I've done a couple of smaller protests mm. in IGA, but I usually try and target the bigger businesses, the more popular and mainstream ones, just because that's where you know, a majority of consumers are coming through. So I do try and, yeah, choose, yeah, the more popular places. Mm, okay. Um, right. So I reckon before we, we go down the obvious topic of discussion, which would be your vegan activism, um, I, I thought it would be a good way to start the conversation to give, like, let you give yourself a bit of a background story. So could you tell us where you grew up and um, what, what was the younger Tash Peterson like? Yeah, so I've grown up in the Frio area for basically my whole life. I was born in Melbourne, but um, my family is from here. So I've lived in Frio since the age of three years old. And I grew up as a massive animal and nature lover. Um, I grew up, yeah, just doing lots of trips up north and down south. Um, I had a specific passion for marine life. I was just a massive ocean lover. I remember countless occasions as a very young child swimming with dolphins and literally going out kilometres to swim with them. Like I just had no fear and, yeah, just a very deep connection to nature and the environment. Um, and, yeah, I wanted to become a marine biologist. That was sort of my childhood dream. Um, yeah, and I ended up doing a degree in outdoor recreation um, which I found to be just an incredible degree. I guess it sort of had that aspect of like environmental stuff, but actually enjoying the outdoors as well because mm. I'm a very active person too. So, you know, I've been surfing since I was a kid, always very sporty and outdoorsy. So this was just an amazing degree. Um, and then I sort of set off on a big trip after I finished my degree, um, travelling alone for almost six months, um, sort of, yeah, just hiking and... Yeah. Whereabouts were you travelling? Um, well, I've been to 35 countries in total. 35 really? countries? Wow. Yes, and I did that in wow. the space of a few years. Mm. Um, yeah, I just had a massive passion for travel. Wow, I 35 headed off. countries. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, my first trip, um, I started in New Zealand and then went across to Hawaii, the US and Canada. So that was a total of six months and then came back home um, worked my ass off. I'm a swim teacher and lifeguard, just smashed out so many hours. And then within several months, I was heading off to Europe and covered 20 countries over there within a few months. Wow. And then the year after, I went to um, the Caribbean and all of South America. It's absolutely incredible. How many countries are there in Europe? Surely that would be like the most, like 20 countries in Europe. Like how many are in the EU? I don't know. I don't know. It'd be like 30. 
or something. So yeah, you've almost traveled the like entirety that. of Europe. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, what was your favorite about. place to visit? That's a very oh, difficult okay. question. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've fell in love with almost every country I've been to. I think specifically I really liked Cuba, the US, because I did a massive like camping outdoor trip and the national parks there are incredible. Yeah. Mm. Um, Turkey's another beautiful country and, yeah, I adore New Zealand. Anywhere with just outdoors and nature is sort of my sort of place, yeah. Wow. So have you been to any other countries that in the Middle East? So you mentioned Turkey. Um, um, I did spend one day in Qatar. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, other than oh, that, no. not really. No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, the Middle East would be an amazing place to visit, Yeah. yeah. I feel. Um, but, yeah, okay, so got a bit of background. Um, was there a pivotal moment in your life where you decided that you wanted to become a vegan activist that you can really remember? Yeah, well, I actually went vegan overnight. So that was on the 1st of February, 2017. So you know the date as well. Yeah, I remember <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah well. <laughs> I just, that was such a specific mm. date in my mind because it honestly is the best life decision I've ever made. And I watched a documentary called Food Choices and I just realised that I was completely going against my morals and values. Um, this documentary covered the benefits of eating a plant-based diet, obviously the animal cruelty involved in animal agriculture, as well as the environmental impacts. And originally it was learning the environmental impacts that animal agriculture has on our planet that really clicked with me. And I thought, well, obviously as such a nature conscious person, why am I contributing to this environmental catastrophe? And obviously the animal rights side of things did click in my mind, but it's a very kind of slow process unwiring this, the ingrained speciesism mm. um, and conditioning in our minds. So I guess that was a slower process. And obviously veganism is about animal rights. Mm. Um, however, there definitely is that connection with the environment because animal agriculture is the leading cause of species extinction. So you said you made a snap decision, like overnight you decided. Are, are most vegan activists, do you reckon, they come from that snap decision or do you think it, most go gradual? I'd say most, like a majority probably take that gradual approach. Yep. I definitely have heard countless stories about people having similar experiences to me where Same. it's just snapped in their mind and they've done mm. it overnight or in a very short period of time. But I guess for a majority of people, it seems like a massive lifestyle change. So they would take a more kind of gradual approach yeah. to eliminating yeah, animal products from their lifestyle. I guess especially like if you decide to transition to becoming a vegan later on in life, after you've spent like years and sometimes decades just having um, – using animal products and eating meat ingrained into your own behavior and stuff. Cause I've, I'm celiac. So I've like, and I've been celiac since I was like 10 years old. So I've, I sort of grew up knowing what it was like to have like dietary restrictions anyway, with gluten and all that sort of thing. Um, but so do you feel like the um, shift to veganism for yourself, um, it, the way in which you, you use your activism, do you feel like that actually converts people efficiently um, in, in terms of like shifting from being non-animal conscious to animal conscious? And do you feel like there are actually different ways that people can go about attempting to bring change in terms of animal, um, sort of the use of animals? Yeah, definitely. I think my approach to disruptive activism is one of the most effective ways for social change. And history has shown that in the civil rights, women's rights and gay rights movements, 
um, activists did disrupt. They shouted and screamed to get their rights. And the reason that is so effective is because it's seen as controversial and outrageous, which is getting the media attention. And you can literally reach millions of people across the globe from one action. For example, I mean, it took me two minutes to do a disruption in Louis Vuitton and I'm seeing media articles across the globe being written about my activism mm. with my message. And I have people like all around the world messaging me saying, I've heard your message and I've seen it's led me to see the footage of what is happening in animal agriculture and I'm going vegan now. So I think wow. in my personal view, it is the most effective form of activism. I obviously support all forms of nonviolent activism. I think it all interlinks and plays an important role. But in terms of actually shaking society out of the death cult and seeing the truth, disruptive activism is where it's at. Wow. Yeah, I have one question. So uh, you had period blood on you in Louis Vuitton, right? So was that was that yours? It, yes. It's such a weird question, but I, I'm just curious. Could yeah, you pull yeah, that out yeah, for okay. us there, actually? Yeah. Sorry? Um, go on Tash's Instagram and um, Tash, look up Tash Peterson on Instagram okay. and we'll pull it up. Why, why the period blood? Well, so firstly, I'll just say it, the first layer was like fake blood. Yeah. So I was in quarantine at this point in time trying to plan this disruption. I couldn't go out and buy anything. Mm. I did have my boyfriend drop off stuff mm. to me. So he bought some corn flour and red dye and I was trying to make the fake blood mixture and it just looked really... I don't know. It didn't look like fake blood. It was mm. very a pinky sort of tone. There you go. Um, so I painted myself with it and it looked all right. And so when I was in quarantine, I got my period. So I thought, well, Fuck it, why I'm, not? yeah, it <laughs> yeah, just yeah. came to my mind. I thought, well, I'll just bloody start collecting it. Like mm. I've got a period cup. I'll just yeah. chuck it in a jar. Fair enough. And yeah. Um, then, yeah, I just thought, well, it's going to look real. The more real it can look, the more effective it's going to be. So I'll just paint it over the fake blood. And it looks like quite a good thing because obviously it was representing a skinned animal sure. for their clothing. Mm. So the pinky sort of tone was like ripped skin from me. And then I had the period blood over the top. Yeah. So uh, Louis Vuitton has a lot of animal products. They use skins and stuff like that. Because yeah. I, I, I thought that that was um, like kind of phasing out people wearing skins and furs. I, yeah. I wouldn't wear a skin and a fur. That's that's a bit weird. I'm not vegan, but I wouldn't wear a skin and a fur. That's, that's strange to me. It definitely, yeah, is... I mean, we are literally seeing the fur industry collapse in front of our eyes. Yeah. We've seen massive Good. companies like Canada Goose mm. and we've seen a snowball effect in the recent... Like, literally in the past few months of big companies announcing that they're going fur-free. However, Louis Vuitton are still selling fur... Um, I did a quite thorough research before I did my disruption and I was astounded by the number of different species that they are murdering. Um, they murder baby lambs and turn them into jackets and combine that with fox fur. They murder crocodiles and snakes for their skin. Um, they sell wool products and um, despite popular view, sheep are murdered um, when they can no longer produce enough wool. So any animal products that is um, a result of mass suffering and murder in them. Is there an animal that, that the sort of the garment industry and the fashion industry as a whole that really is overrepresented, like represent, has an overrepresentation in sort of like the level of abuse that they experience? So like you, you mentioned foxes and other, other sort of animals. Is there a particular animal that they choose to, to exploit 
the most that you know? Um, or is it just an overarching of any single animal that they can get their hands on that will attempt to exploit? Yeah, that's it, basically. Mm. I guess the most common animals that are exploited are probably cows, pigs, chickens and fish because that's what a majority of society are consuming and a lot of those animals are also being used for their skin and their wool. Right, so, okay. yeah, just the standard farmed animals. But, I mean, yeah, a lot of species are being murdered for numerous things and people just are so oblivious to it. Mm. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so you, we were talking before about... How, because you've essentially, through your disruptive activism, um, you've essentially established yourself with like an international platform almost now, with media coverage coming from all different places. Um, I'm interested to get your thoughts on um, how the media, particularly in Australia, has um, attempted to create a narrative around what you're doing. Do you think you've been treated fairly in the eyes of the media? Um, I always look on the positive side of mm. things and I think every media article that's written about me is brilliant. Even if mm. they are calling me an abusive terrorist, yeah. they're still quoting me word for word and I think that's a brilliant thing. Um, however, I guess seeing from outside an outsider's view, people see me literally as a terrorist and an abusive Who's person. Who's called you a terrorist? That's a bit extreme, no um, pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> A few people nice have labelled me as a domestic <laughs> terrorist and really? I think some media articles have implied or even used the word terrorism. I can't think of anything specific, but people genuinely do believe that that's yeah. what I am. Um, I actually did a podcast the other night with a few guys and they were actually astounded by their original viewpoint of who I was and actually meeting me. And that happens a lot. People go, wow, you're actually just kind of a general calm, chill person sure. that mm. wants to talk. You're not screaming mm. in my face. That's mm. what I thought you literally would be. <laughs> mm. So um, I guess in that sort of light, yeah, people obviously see me very negatively to the point where I am receiving countless death threats and abuse daily just about. Wow. They might be fans of Isaac Butterfield then. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, because that, that's a really interesting one. Uh, uh, yeah, because I remember I'd, I, I've, I've watched him from time to time. He, he's, he's not a bad guy, but he's a bit intense for me sometimes. And he, he does like to, you know, sort of milk the most sensational parts of, of you know, culture. So, yeah, how did, how did your sort of beef start? No pun intended again, shit, I, I, I did it again. <laughs> but, yeah, because uh, that was a really interesting one. He's gone hard on you. He has. Yes, yeah. he really has. Um, it started in, I think his first video about me was in March last year. I had no idea who he was. Just some people said, look, there's this video about you. And yeah, I remember watching it thinking, holy shit, this guy's like super onto me, you know, body shaming me and everything. But, you know, I just had a bit of a laugh and did a mm. response video and sort of gave it back to him a little bit. Good. Um, and that sort of started that little online feud and um yeah it was just a few weeks ago he said that it was going to be his final video of me but here he one. is yeah. doing another one about <laughs> my Louis Vuitton action mm. so um I guess it's going hand in hand you know he's obviously making a lot of money and some mm. of his best views are the videos that he's yes. done of me yes and um obviously it's drawing a lot of people onto my platform and seeing yeah, the so reality he's kind of doing you a favor in yeah. many ways by um sort of because he how many subs has he got 
Oh no, he's like uh, like three million or something. Oh, like no, that. I don't think it's. I think it's like it'd be under Sky News. So bigger that, than Marcus Dibble. Yeah, he, I think he's like <laughs> the second out. most subscribed to a YouTube channel like in, in Australia. Australia. Yeah, or no, like he's huge. He, yeah. He's huge. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think he. I think he almost got a Netflix special, but he was a bit too spicy with some of his bits, so they canned him. And he was pretty pissed <laughs> off about that. But um, yeah, I, I guess it is a bit of a positive feedback loop. Like he helps you, you kind of help him with, you know, giving him good content. Uh, body shaming. So uh, that sounds a bit unfair. How is he body shaming you? Well, he was particularly brutal in his first video. He sort of toned it down a little bit lately. But um, yeah, he was just telling me that I needed to do more squats because, you know, my online name is Vegan Booty. Mm. So he said, well, you've, you've got a pancake ass. You need to do more squats, <laughs> mm. clean up your dirt box. And like, yeah, he was pretty nasty Bit about unsavory. it. And it started, it's obviously started a whole movement. You know, he's mm. influencing young males to come onto my platform and all of them are using the same language as him saying, yeah, you need to do uh, squats. You've got a flat ass. And oh, that's, that's, it's a bit that's brutal. Rude. Yeah. yeah. But I, I bet I bet you've got pretty thick skin. You you would you would have to be, uh, otherwise yeah. you'd be in anxious ridden. Yeah, yeah, a ball on the floor. But y- yes, so do you reckon that's that thick skin has enabled you to be able to pursue your style of activism? Definitely. Yeah. I think unfortunately, not many people would be able to deal with the amount of hate and abuse that I get. I certainly I'd could not do that. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. would leave the fucking house. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is very intense. Mm. Um, the only times it's ever kind of bothered me is the times where I have genuinely feared for my life, thinking that someone was going to come to my house because mm. they've messaged me a screenshot of my home address, really? showing me that they know where I live, saying they were going to come to rape and murder me. And wow. I did go to the police about it and oh. they just shook it off. Really? Yes. So how often do death threats like that make their way to you? Like, is that a, like an actual common occurrence? Uh, it's pretty common. Mm. Um, they sort of seem to come in waves. It's really mm. unusual. I guess in the past year, like just over a year now, there's probably been three times where I've had a few death threats come through and I remember it being extremely overwhelming. Mm. So, um, Yeah, because that's no joke. No. Like it's all fun and games to have like Isaac Butterfield, you know, talk some shit. Like yeah. that's that's kind of meaningless. But then if someone's yeah, screenshot somehow finding your home address, that's fucking crazy. That's really yeah. intense. Yeah, shit, very intense. Yeah, yeah. that's scammy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Well, um, yeah. It, it, but not only threatening to to murder you, but also to like commit violent sexual acts and that's yeah. Yeah. Like that. Jesus. Yeah. Um, yeah. So get off a negative topic. Um, the exclusion from Western Australia is something that I find incredibly interesting because I think if I can remember correctly, you you left WA and the, but you were also you were trying to get back in but you weren't able to because you're good to go past kept getting denied. So could you give us a bit of a background story on how that all came to be? Yeah, so despite popular belief, mm. I didn't have any intentions on living in Melbourne. It was mm. a pre-planned trip. Um, a famous model who's been following my work for a couple of years now has been trying to get me over there to live with her for a little bit and um, do some activism. So I finally got the opportunity to go over there and it just happened to coincide with a barring notice that I received a few days before I was due to fly out. So that was a liquor license banned 
um, from every liquor licensed venue in Western Australia because I did a disruption in a restaurant. So they've misused the law and used that to stop me from entering into a lot of places where I do protesting. For how long? Uh, six months. Six months. Okay. Yes. Okay. I, I, I was under the impression it was forever and I, I thought that was pretty harsh. But six months from every liquor, liquor license venue, that's, yes. that's crazy. Yes, that's, that's the second yeah. one I've received. Yeah. And they've misused the law in your eyes? Yes, I believe so. I think that this is obviously designed to stop drunk and disorderly people from going into venues. So mm. it should be used from for violent people who are, you know, drinking too much and becoming aggressive and disorderly. However, I don't even drink alcohol that often. So I wasn't drunk when I protested. I wasn't abusive to anyone. I think I should have every right to speak out the truth and make people aware of the atrocities happening. Mm. And yeah, I believe they've misused that law um, to use against me to try and stop me from protesting. Are you going to fight in court? Unfortunately, I only had a month time frame to fight it. And because I was so busy in Melbourne, that time frame's up. So I just have to let it be yeah, now. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. yeah, so it honestly like it, because I'm quite conspiratorially minded. Um, <laughs> It, that almost seems as if, like, you can't just have, like, a bunch of venues go, like, like we don't want to hear. Um, and then once you leave the state, you actually, even though you, you, have, you live here, um, technically, um, what do you think went on on the inside of things when people were essentially deciding that you weren't allowed to enter the back into the state? That you weren't good to go. Yeah, like, that doesn't, how does that actually happen? Like... Yeah, well, it's honestly crazy. The mm. police were literally appealing to a media source that use that as an opportunity for me saying, well, guess what, WA, I'm leaving, meaning like I'm going for a little bit, mm. see you later, so I can continue protesting. And, yeah, the media headlines were implying that I was leaving WA for good yeah, because of the barring notice. Uh. So um, the police were using that against me mm. to prevent me from coming back home. Wow. Yeah, that's that's kind of wow, scary, man. That that's such a yeah a manipulative way to put the narrative out to people because yeah, yeah. M most people in WA would probably think that a and yeah like my granddad reads the newspaper a lot and he said to me oh yeah that that your vegan booty girl is being kicked out of WA and I was yeah. like shit that's pretty intense but it's not true that's yeah interesting. exactly it's yeah very interesting yeah it is and I can't believe uh, the police were actually using that as a reasoning to not let me back into the state despite all the legal documentation that I provided mm. to prove that I am still a resident of Western Australia. And he just wrote this massive paragraph for his reasoning why I couldn't come back in. And it just sounded like a huge personal rant because he put in uppercase letters, rejected as a WA resident <laughs> because she announced she was leaving WA. And I just couldn't believe it That's when so I was reading yeah. this. It was actually insane. Yeah. What's that called when you when you, when you you say uh, defect? That's the word. You're like defecting from Western Australia, essentially. Um, yeah, wow. That's crazy. Which is obviously like an extremely scary thing, right? So like you, in this country, you sort of have the belief that you have the right to sort of protest and use your voice for, for social justice issues. But the fact that, you know, and your case proves the point that there are high powers at play. <laughs> oh, definitely. definitely. And, and yeah, and oil and gas and farming, I won't say which media company, but it rhymes with Slevin has <laughs> ties to the meat industry and the oil and gas industry, like the people yeah. who own it have massive amounts of money hedged in the South East industries. So they're kind of, you know, 
motivated to go against people like you and, and especially like climate activists as well, you know? So it, it's, it's interesting, but I think, I think you folks are probably winning. I think more people than ever right now are vegan. And, mm. and more people than ever, like, I would have never eaten a vegetarian meal or let alone a vegan meal two years ago. But, you know, I've, I've come to, I haven't fully committed to, to, to that sort of diet, but I've cut down, you know what I mean? Is, is cutting down not good enough or, or can we meet in the middle and say, okay, cutting down's okay, I guess, for now? I like to use the analogy that if we were promoting um, like any other social injustice, whether it be racism or sexism, um, would we be telling people to cut down on their sexism or racism? Absolutely not. It seems ridiculous. We would be calling for the abolition of that. And mm. I think my approach to animal rights is exactly the same. I think they have every right to live freely without harm and my um advocation is the abolition of animal slavery and the animal holocaust however of course I understand people can't make that switch straight away overnight as we spoke about earlier and I would encourage people to reduce but I think the end goal should always be veganism I think it's the moral basis that we should be aiming for Wow. Okay. So, um, are you talking about specifically within sort of what, like a, a country like Australia, or would you be? Are you thinking more on like a macro, global scale? I'm thinking on a global scale mm. for sure. Mm. Obviously, there are some indigenous communities that literally require animal flesh for their survival. So, I guess those sort of circumstances are an exception. However, if you're in a situation where you have access to plant-based foods which a majority of people do um especially in the first world yes yeah yes Mm -hmm. exactly wow okay yeah because obviously in third world countries like afghanistan being a um, hot topic of discussion at the moment like the people who live there um they treat their goats and their cattle like and have more respect for the life of their animals than they do for human beings which is interesting because they require them to live off Yes. Uh, for meat and for, for, for agriculture and milk. So what would you say to places like that if like they have absolutely no option but to use animals to yeah. survive? Yeah, if there's no other option and mm. they don't have access to the plant-based foods, then I would definitely say, well, you know, you have to do what you have to do for your survival. Okay. Well, this is really interesting because like I've obviously I've been tied into the whole media narrative, but like it sounds like you're actually not such a hardcore sort of um, voice that you were saying, like, no matter what, abolition is what we need, like, but you're actually willing to to say stuff like that, mm. um, which I think is really interesting. Yeah, nuance, mm. great way to put it, mm. um, to the argument. Um, yeah, so what do you reckon realistically, how does the transition from a non-vegan society to a vegan society look like in a first world? Are there any, like, sort of coming from, like, a political perspective, any policies that you would actually recommend for politicians to start advocating for um, and and methods by which we can go about doing that more efficiently? Well, I'm definitely more focused on consumerism mm. with my protesting, hence why I'm going into businesses to try and target consumers. So on a politics level, I'm not entirely sure. Mm. My main goal is, yeah, to get to the consumers and obviously supply and demand 
take place and hopefully the decrease of the consumption of animal products, mm. meaning there will be less animals forcibly bred into existence to be used for their flesh and secretions and hopefully an increase in the demand for plant-based products. And I think we're definitely already, as you said, seeing that slow change and I think it's just going to be a very gradual prote- process. However, I think we're going to see some huge changes in the next hopefully decade mm. or so, especially the with the climate crisis because exactly. animal agriculture is the leading cause of climate change. Sure. And especially with the dairy industry, um, apparently it's not a good time to be a dairy farmer right now because you kind of don't make a profit at all. So th- that's that's a clear you know sign that a lot of people are moving away from these products you know, you know, which is which is kind of a good thing because they are carcinogenic. That they, they, they are, you know, like pasteurized milk and all that sort of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it is, it is one of uh, a high cause of breast cancer. I think. Mm. Is, Could you yeah, fact check? Is. Could yeah. you fact check this? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure it is. I believe it increases the chance of breast cancer by almost fifty percent. Yeah, yeah, and and bowel 50%. cancer and stuff like wow. that. Yeah, okay. but um, yeah. When you think yeah. about it, it is the breast milk Just from another species. Um, so more. why are humans consuming it? Surely mm. it's detrimental to our bodies. And I think, yeah, dairy industry, the dairy industry is going to be one of the next industries to disappear, as you it said. Probably will be. Yeah. I think it's one of the most violent industries on this planet. Cows are forcibly impregnated and raped yeah. to produce breast milk. And when mm. they give birth, their babies are often immediately taken away from them. And the male calves are murdered just days to weeks old because they don't produce breast milk. It is a very violent and horrific mm. industry. And there's absolutely no need to be breastfeeding as an adult, let alone taking another species breast milk. Mm. Wow. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, I was going to say, uh, so... This is obviously, or it's pretty hard to to come up with a a great argument against veganism because it always sort of does boil down to the like the morality of it all. Um, but take this for for an example, though. Um, I'd just like to get your thoughts on this. If you were to say raise an animal um, completely humanely, they were free to do whatever they want until for the entirety of their lifespan. Um, they weren't subjugated to what you were talking about, like the raping. Um, to to impregnate like cows to produce more milk and all of these things that sound absolutely um, horrible. Yeah, they do. Um, would you be okay with an animal living in its entirety of its life and then when it reaches the end of its life being killed um, humanely and used for meat? No, I disagree mm. because they're still being um, used for their bodies and I don't think there's any humane way to kill somebody. Mm. I think when you really think about it, humane and murder – a complete contradiction. It is an oxymoron, Mm. exactly. And I think if whenever we sort of come to these sort of what-if situations, just replace that animal with a human and you can see how immoral it is. Mm. Even a dog, you know, breeding dogs into existence, living a good life and then taking their life away from them just to consume their bodies, I think it's completely immoral. So Liz has pulled up a thing. Cows are forcibly raped, calves deliberately often to produce milk. Wow. Yeah, well, <laughs> every time I have this discussion around veganism, it's um, yeah, it's because it, I've always I've, I've been I've been brought up eating meat and using Most animal have. products. Um, yeah, it, but one thing that sort of really shocked me with what you talk about is how vegan penises work better than non-vegan penises. Could you could you 
describe or explain like the, the reason Could you expand on that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely science strongly suggesting that they do. Um, eating animal flesh is the leading cause of erectile dysfunction because the world's, well, humanity's biggest killer is heart disease and animal products are directly contributing that to that because of their high saturated fat and cholesterol content and one of the first signs of heart disease is erectile dysfunction so eating a whole food plant-based diet is the only diet known to prevent and reverse disease and um, there's significantly less saturated fat in plant-based foods Mm. and uh, I believe no cholesterol at all. Mm. Well so what what would you say to the people who who were like um, vegans don't get enough protein because I don't eat enough meat. Do you feel like that's like a really large misconception that people sort of definitely Definitely. All these misconceptions are perpetuated by the meat, dairy and egg industries Mm. um, because they're particularly threatened and they don't want to lose consumerism. So um, that is a complete myth. Mm. Uh, In fact, plants are the only thing that synthesizes and creates protein. So the reason people are getting protein from animal flesh is because those animals are Mm. eating plants. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You can get every single nutrient Mm. um, that the human body requires from a whole food plant-based diet. Yeah, it's really interesting with the dairy industry as well because they – I think – 99% 99% of Australians or people in the West grew up with milk's good for your bones. Milk's good mm. for your bones. And this brings up the question of marketing. Yeah, right? exactly. Yes. It, it's, it's, so, mm. it, it's so weird that so many people have that misconception that milk's good for your bones. And like it was given to school kids for free to like, I guess you could say, get them hooked on the product. And yes. it it's, isn't at all. I, I, felt, I felt lied to. I was like, oh my God, yes, how could they get away with this for so long? You know Exactly. Yeah. And ironically, um, cow's breast milk actually leaches the calcium from your bones exactly. and causes yes. osteoporosis. What? Yeah. So this is the power no, of propaganda gotta, in these industries. Yeah. Um, it's a, does milk, so can you say that again? So milk leaches mm. the calcium from your bones and it's one of the leading causes of osteoporosis. I didn't know that. <laughs> that's, I don't know that's fucking crazy. Um, yeah. Wow. Because, yeah, our bo- as I said, our bodies is n- are not designed to be consuming breast milk as an adult or breast milk mm. from another species. Think about all the hormones that that breast milk is designed for to grow a baby calf into a huge cow. Mm. This shouldn't be going into our bodies at all. It's very detrimental. So dairy foods leach calcium from bones. Where's this from? Dairy.com.au. Scientific research does not support theories that dairy foods leach calcium from bones. What website is this though? This, this, this is, is the dairy, dairy industry. I wouldn't, yeah, no, I wouldn't no, um, yeah, follow yeah, this research. It's .com as well. You never trust .com. I definitely recommend looking at nutritionfacts.org. Okay. There's I not even any numbers. It's just like scientific evidence says mm. this. It's true. Which um, that's actually an interesting point. So um, it, in terms of um, like overfishing is another thing. Like you have all of these really massive fishing companies who uh, I forgot what the organisations called that they all uh, form like a coalition to to prevent mm. overfishing. But they they're, they're all the whole coalition is essentially funded by the fishing industry. So they say mm. that they do sustainable fishing, but like it, the entire organisation by which that's judged on is made up of the same people <laughs> who are judging themselves. Like, yeah. is this a complete, um, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Um, so, yeah, just to touch more on the point of marketing that we're talking about, there's a, what's the um, um, the vegan documentary with Arnold Schwarzenegger? 
Oh, the game changes? Yeah, that one. Um, yeah. yeah. So there was a really interesting point he brings up is how um, the consumption of meat has been marketed particularly to men mm. over the past 100 years. Um, so it's like a really manly thing. Um, yeah. It is, yeah. Just wondering if you could expand and touch on that and how much of an impact like marketing does have on um, the exploitation of animals. Yeah, it's obviously had a massive mm. impact. I think it is this is propaganda at its finest and it's conditioning and brainwashing society to believe that we need to eat animal products for our survival. Um, when, as, as I mentioned earlier, it's actually the world's biggest killer. It's killing us um, and we can, yeah, thrive and survive on a plant-based diet. And, yeah, the whole thing about, you know, it's manly and masculine to be eating the flesh of baby animals who were tortured to death and I think, again, it's very ironic and I don't think there's anything masculine about paying someone to slit the throat of an innocent being or taking the life of um, babies and raping their mothers. And I think, um, if anything, is masculine is protecting those species and actually living vegan. What about fish? Because omega-3 is really good for your mind. And, you know, I, I love tuna. I eat a lot of tuna. Is, is, is fish off the table? Definitely. Fish yeah. are animals, they're sentient sure. beings, yeah. they feel pain and science has suggested that they actually feel pain more so than we do. Um, they're intelligent beings and they actually get their omega-3s from algae, which we can take a supplement for or eat seaweed and actually get the original source of omega-3s. So we don't need to be eating fish for our health or survival. In fact, fish uh, have high levels of mercury due to, you know, the Pollution environmental crisis mm. in yeah, the ocean. Yep. Um, I'm not sure if you've heard of the documentary Seaspiracy, but I highly yep. recommend watching it. It is a huge eye Wasn't there a lot of, um, a bit of controversy around that documentary though? There often is mm. with these vegan documentaries. Alarmist. People yeah. try and debunk them, mm. but um, I've done a lot of research and I think, you know, you can't beat, real undercover footage and the science and i think that's what these documentaries are exposing mm. for sure wow okay um another an interesting question i've always had is like as veganism sort of gets thrown into the very sort of left-wing progressive sort of political um discussion how does a vegan um be for the rights of animals but also sort of um talk about being pro-choice for many things, so for many women, like the right to an abortion, the right to do what they want with their bodies. How does, for, for the people out there, because there are a lot of people like that, how do you conduct yourself as a vegan but also be pro-choice at the same time? Well, my focus is definitely on non-human animals. I try to stay out of that whole other form of things. You know, I'm on my mission for the non-human animals and obviously there are issues in our society today like that. Um, I personally don't know what my stance is on abortion. Like, obviously, it seems like an, a horrible thing, you know, to have to mm. do. But if someone has an unwanted pregnancy for whatever reason, they may have been raped or whatever, I think they should have the right to do what they want, mm. as horrible as it seems. So, um, yeah, i just really unsure of my full stance on those sort of things to be honest that's probably a great answer <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of weird to have yeah. a stance like, yeah. like believe in either way it, it's it's it can it's a huge gray area it's a huge gray area. yeah but, but then like taking you know a calf away from its mum there isn't really 
it, it, even like the, some of the biggest carnivores on earth couldn't really justify that. There couldn't really be a, a gray area argument for exactly. that, you, you know? Um, but yeah, th- th- that's why I, I have been, you know, reducing. Have you been reducing, Zach, or are you you're still a carnivore up, um, to, up to the tea? I can confidently say I have reduced the amount of meat I've eaten over the last like probably five years, but I still do eat a lot of meat. Um, and it's only probably, yeah, it's only ever since I think met you and I have become, because the, the circles that Shaquille hangs around in are very progressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> they can be. Uh, well, yeah, mm. I, I, I first met you um, doing interviews for an old media company I used to run called The Q, no relation to QAnon. Uh, thank God. Exactly. Thank God. Um but yeah, that that was pretty that was pretty fun because originally I, I you know went out there to just you know make some content, but then you know starting to talk to people like um, James Warden and um, Katrina, we, we yeah you you find out some things you're like okay shit like there's some truth in here these people aren't crazy like the media portrays them. Um, do, do you do you think that? The media has any media been on your side, or, or do you think uh, uh, most of it has been against you? Because, because my whole goal, you know, going out and interviewing you folks was to get to the truth. It wasn't to, you know, debunk you. It was to, it was to hear your side. And I don't think the media goes and stands there with the microphone and goes, oh, "Hang on, like, l- let's give you a second to just, you know, back up." what you're saying they just go mm. oh look she ran across the the oval at, um at optus stadium like i forgot you did she's that an idiot. You, you know what i, mean? I remember watching yeah. it on tv yeah <laughs> and, and there's no nuance with their arguments but yeah do, do you think the media's largely been your enemy in in this thing yes definitely yeah. i mean as i said before you know i do see it still as a very positive thing mm. as i said you know getting the media attention is still going to lead people to seeing the truth no matter how biased they are, but um, yeah, they're definitely against me. And obviously they've created this narrative about me, yeah, being an abusive, crazy person. Um, so yeah, they're definitely not there to give me my side of things. I mean, I rarely do get interviewed by the media. They often will go and take the time to interview the business owner of yes. the place that I disrupted, mm. let them have their little say, make them the victim and then say, this crazy woman came and she's ruining my business, blah, 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 with no disregard, no regard for the animals that are suffering and the reason why I'm doing this. Louis Vuitton will be fine if they stop abusing animals. Exactly. They will be fine. Mm. They're, they're, I don't know. they're Louis Vuitton. Every, every, like, people always want Louis Vuitton. But yeah, that, that's that's super interesting though, because with my family, because I remember someone uh, around my table a few months ago uh, at like a family dinner, you know, brought you up as like, you see that like crazy girl run across the field. But then, you know, we ended up did we end, we ended up having an honest conversation about veganism, and then you know, some of the men in my family who are more you know, because yeah, as we we're saying before, like men are probably the least likely to move towards a more ethical form of consumption. But then we, it, we didn't end up having, you know, a nuanced conversation about, okay, like shit, it isn't so good. You know, processed meat is really bad for you. And and then, okay, like shit, you, you saw the men in my family, like nod the head, like, okay, it's obviously carcinogenic. So that's bad. And that's a good thing. That means that the media, 
you know, it being out there has led to, I don't know, in my home, it's led to a positive conversation mm-hmm. and, and a, a more enlightening conversation. And I bet, I, I'd bet any money that your actions have led to a lot of those conversations in households, you know, which is, a, I think that's a positive thing. If Definitely. people are reducing th- their, their meat intake, you, you know, and of processed meats and are therefore getting less cancer, that's a good thing. That's that's good. So a, a bit of a bit of screaming and a bit of period blood, maybe <laughs> isn't so bad, you know. What um yeah. what in meat is carcinogenic? So from from my understanding, there's something in like processed meats in ham and like bacon called nitrate, I believe. You can buy like nitrate free bacon and um and ham and all that. So it's meant to be a bit healthy for you. But do you know the the science behind what causes cancer when you when you choose to increase the intake of your meat? I don't recall exactly, mm. but um, I think the consumption of any animal products releases a particular hormone or something that increases um, the risk of cancer. Right, okay. But I definitely recommend finding that information mm. on nutritionfacts.org. Go on it to really Nutrition Facts for us, for us, Leah, and do some, do some hunting for us. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah, I'll, to continue this, the discussion on the media... Um, OnlyFans. Mm. There was a bit of interesting, um, which you pointed out to me, but it almost seemed like a bit of mis- disinformation that was going out about how they were stopping um, explicit content getting put up and all that sort of thing. And we had a few people who we know who actually went out of their way to message them and contact them, and they re- replied saying that's actually false information. That's not what was happening. And it's interesting how the media completely just spun that and sort of pushed it as if that was, like, biblically correct. It was yeah. strange. It was a strange mm. one. And yeah. I'm still, not, even now, not really sure Was that your experience on. with it? That, that it, was, it was confusing that all these media outlets were saying it's been banned, but there was no official word from OnlyFans? Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely very confusing. Um, I think they've revoked the whole thing, though. Like yeah, exactly. fans yes. are gonna oh, make, they yes. were going to make some changes. I think they were just going to remove sexually explicit content. They were still going to allow nudity. Um, mm. But, yeah, they've revoked that now, I think, because everyone lost their shit over it. But, yeah, yeah. again, the media's narrative was mm. implying that they were removing mm. just about everything explicit on the platform. Have you seen that SpongeBob meme of Mr. Krabs and and the guys interviewing him? He's like, yeah, <laughs> why did you do this? He's like, money. Yeah, and then it's like, uh, uh, he's like, yeah, uh, OnlyFans. Why did you, you know, reverse your ban on explicit content? He's just like, money. Uh, okay, yeah, easy. But but it would make a shitload of money, and you're making a bit of money on OnlyFans, aren't you? Yes, yeah. I am astounded by the amount of money I've been able to make over the past yeah. few months, and it's allowed me to do full time activism now. Which so that's that's your been a dream of mine. Income. Yes. Yeah. Cool. That's that's such a twenty twenty one job, yeah. isn't it? Because it's like is is it is it porn? Would you call it porn? Um. Well, the platform can be used for porn. Mm-hmm. What I do is definitely not. Porn. Mm. Um, I do like nudity and artistic shots and everything. I don't do porn, but um, yeah, people can use it for that. But yeah, everyone has this perception that if you're on OnlyFans, you do porn 100. percent There's mm. no, I mean, you can use the platform to do cooking shows or whatever you exactly, want. Like you can, it is yeah. a social media platform. You people can use it whatever you wish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the, the majority of um, girls I know who are on it don't do porn. They just do like yeah, like nudity Explicit stuff. Shots. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, well, it's interesting because it, it's it's kind of because like 
it, it's it's the commodification of the body, yeah, and, and and you're commodifying your body to help animals not have their body commodified. Is mm. is is that kind of the I guess the meta idea behind it? Yeah, basically. Yeah. I mean, I obviously OnlyFans is very taboo, and the idea of selling nudes and stuff is very taboo and seen as one self is exploiting themselves to do so. But I think it's actually the opposite. And I mean, I had been wanting to get OnlyFans for over a year now and I finally decided to get it just a few months ago. And um, I guess it was that whole taboo idea about it that was causing me to not want to get it. Mm. And um, I mean, since the protest I did in December, I was topless. I did have body paint on myself. And I've just become more aware of this issue in society, you know, free the nipple movement and how it's ridiculous that, you know, I'm being charged for being topless simply because I'm a woman. And I think... That's sexist. It, yes, it is 100%. Yeah. And yep. it's interesting, interesting when you really boil it down, all of these, almost when you do think about these bizarre, um, what you were saying before, like taboos in society, can almost always be boiled down to religion, like religion at the end of the day. So like mm. really conservative religious views, yeah. um, especially with women, right? Like it, like why, why can't a girl go out and just take her top off, right? But a yeah. dude can go to the beach with his just in his, in his budgie smugglers and it's all good, you know? Yeah. Um, how, how many subscribers on OnlyFans do you have? Just over 2,000. So, and they subscribe with $16 each, yeah? Yes. Yeah. So... Are you looking it up? That's 32 grand a month times 12 months. That's $384,000 a year. So you, you, you might be making Forward. 400 grand <laughs> in the next 12 months from your OnlyFans subscriptions. Possibly. Probably, it, no, it, when Isaac Butterfield did the video of you, of for your OnlyFans, which was, which was pretty raw, he, it actually helped give you money. People yes. subscribe to you. It, it, no, because I remember it was like 600 when I first saw the video. And then mm. I, I showed you the video and then it was like, oh, yeah, look, she's got 600. And it was like 1,200. And I was like, oh, it's yeah. done. In a matter of an hour or two. Yeah. 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 So, actually, so 400 grand. That's that's pretty nice. That's yeah, cool. He yeah. actually helped me make $18,000 in a week. Yeah, wow. Which yeah. is unbelievable. Are you two secretly in cahoots like behind closed <laughs> <my> doors? <laughs> There's a conspiracy. One hundred percent. Would you be down to if somebody organised it to have a debate with him? Yes, one hundred percent. I reckon we should try and make that happen. He wouldn't debate because he couldn't mm. debate because it's like he's a comedian and he's not like facts, facts. It's like well, he, he does incredibly have, he does have factual content. That, that's unfair to say. But uh, if with this debate, it's like you can't really have a, a factual debate against it. It's not really a thing. Mm. People try to. They tried to, but yeah, he wouldn't. He wouldn't debate you. No, there's no way. But it would be cool if, we, yeah, we tried. Yes. Yeah. So, w w what do you? If you don't mind me asking, because it, it, it's 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 your money, like your body, your subscribers, like yeah. th th that's that's your personal shit. But like, are you, what are you going to use the money for primarily? Because like, man, four hundred grand a year is more money than most people will earn in their lives in, mm. in a year. That's 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 amazing. So, um, yeah, like, what are you going to buy a house? Are you going to invest it into you know? vegan activism and vegan organizations is, is yeah is that well outlet? yeah the main purpose of getting it was to support me as a full-time activist so I could leave my everyday jobs and just focus on animal rights 100% so that's the main reason of the income however I never imagined to be earning this much like I'm still that's a crazy I still can't believe it and I haven't really 
taken that thought into what am I going to do with this money at the moment? I'm just saving it and I want to spend every dollar that I have to help me on my mission as an animal rights activist. So well, it's definitely going to help sure you yet. when when borders open up and you know people vaccinate. Um, you'll be able to travel the world w- with this money and 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 tr- transfer you know your vegan act- yeah because you would have connections with vegan activists all around the world right yes yeah yeah and to to, to a cop you know by definition that that is kind of like a terrorist organization because it's like a not calling you a terrorist but, but like it, it is well, you, un- need, you need to use violence right well, well, for it, a political it, reason it's, to it's be violence a it's yeah. It, well yes yeah, so it's not violence Screaming could be considered violence, I guess, in some sort of senses, but you're not hurting anyone. Maybe their eardrums a little bit, and 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 and, 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 and maybe their wallets. So it's like you know, economic terrorism. Yeah, um, which is a thing. Sure, sure. Not yeah. saying you're a terrorist. Well, like, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Do you have plans? That, would you go? Are you going to go travel the world and link up with you know other vegan activists to you know? turn it into like a more of a forceful movement is is that going to be a plan in the future that's definitely what i would like to do Mm. um i guess the only thing kind of stopping me is the whole covid thing Mm. i don't want to have to take the vaccine for animal rights reasons and my own bodily autonomy yeah so that's the only thing is what is the future going to be i'm the same with you i don't want to have to take the vaccine but i know in the future because it's from the animals Yes. Yeah, okay. And the whole idea that, you know, what is this substance? Do we really know if it's safe for our bodies? I've never liked sure. the idea of taking anything into my body that involves like drugs or But it's not only like, it's not only that, but it's 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 one of the only times in history where an issue surrounding surrounding vaccination has become so heavily politicized mm. as well. Um and the and boils down to essentially like individual liberty. Like what do, do I actually have the choice? to choose what I put into my body, which really sort of boils down to your whole um, activism, right? Yeah. Um, like I have the choice to, to choose to eat meat or I have the choice to actually, you know, stand up against some of the atrocities um, in, in, in the animal industry. But could you imagine though, like polio was such a fucking debilitating disease. It, it, it ruins so many children's lives. Because what is it like shut down your lower spinal cord and take down your legs, uh, take out your legs. I'm pretty sure that's what polio does, right? So, so yeah, it leaves you bedridden. And thank God polio doesn't exist anymore. But that's come mm. from a vaccine, you know? And, and it's like, if polio was, was COVID, would people be like, yeah, I'd rather be, you know, in a wheelchair probably then take the vaccine. I, I probably wouldn't, you know, I probably would take the vaccine to stop myself getting polio. But like, you know, you're kind of right. Like, what is this substance? We don't really know. We're having scientists say, oh yeah, like it does take a decade roughly to actually make a vaccine, but this one's better, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's not like that. Mm. Yeah. So it, it's, it's dodgy. It's, it's. So do vaccines get tested on, on animals? Yes. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Wow. I didn't know that. Um, how, how, how does that happen? Um, this is something that I want to look into a lot Mm. more thoroughly because Mm. I don't have enough knowledge. All I know is that, yeah, animals have been tested Mm. for vaccines and a lot of forms of medication. Mm. Um, and they go through horrific processes, obviously Mm. testing on these beings. Um, so they're subjugated to torture and Mm. a lot of them die in the process. Um, but yeah, that's kind of all. I know at this point in time, but yeah. I really want to look into specifically the animal exploitation involved in the COVID vaccines. What's this, what's this Leo? What animals experience? How the illness develops, what affects it? 
It's just this on um, testing of vaccines and stuff. Keep going down. Keep going, keep going. Why will it reach the peak oh, this RSPCA. summer? Well, is that okay. because they're making more vaccines? Yeah, no idea. So if you donate, are you donating to them fighting vaccine use? Is that what's going to happen? A long and complex process with a number of stages. But it, it, yeah, yeah the, pull, the, pull that down. Don't worry about it. The medication ones are a weird one because I've never really thought about that before, you know, needing to... But how else are we going to test if these medicines are, you know good for us or if they're going to help us you, I, I, I don't assume that you have that answer but like that's sort of the point like how how would we because we need medicines we we need medication as as a, as a species to survive you know but if we can't test them then how do, they, how do we know they're not going to fuck us up I'm, I'm not going to test a medication first. Well, it's sort of so like it a, it's, sucks, it's, it's like a wicked problem really like but no matter the, de the decision is going to probably lead to some level of exploitation yeah exploitation mm. on something mm. um yeah well yeah and and i've had to like it i'm also type 1 diabetic so like like insulin as well used to be extracted from pigs pancreases and all that sort of thing so really? way back in the day yeah that's how they first discovered it um the uses for it but i think now it's it's a little bit different they don't use pigs or anything like that in that process um what they just um Look like do they artificially create the insulin? Yeah, they artificially make it now. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and, and that's kind of like an argument like to support your side as well as like we have come far as a species and we don't need to exploit animals to survive anymore. Like in, before, you know, uh, uh, when we were still hunter-gatherers, we kind of did need to skin animals, you know, otherwise we'd fucking die. But, um, you know, is, is that kind of maybe an argument, you know, for speciesism is that we've come so far as a species so like we you know, maybe have the right to use these animals because we're so developed? Or is that an argument against it in your eyes? I think it's an argument against it. Mm. So, yeah, obviously I have no doubt that um, animal products played a huge role in our survival. However, and I think... And our evolution. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's uh, time for us to evolve because, as I said, we can thrive and survive on a plant-based diet and there's absolutely no need to cause harm to someone else's suffering and take someone else's life away from them just because they're of another species. And I think, yeah, the animal rights movement is a fast-growing movement and, yeah, we don't need to be doing this anymore. And um, I guess, you know, obviously we are superior in intelligence, but what? why does that give us the right to subjugate animals to such mass amounts of suffering and murder sure. yeah you, you've, you've got an uh, an action plan for later today don't you can can you tell us a bit about what could be happening i can't give away too much information sure. but basically we're going to be doing a protest to uh highlight some footage that some undercover activists have taken um in the surroundings of perth in multiple egg facilities so we have been exposing free-range eggs, which actually is not free-range at all. Again, another it's marketing lie. Yeah, yeah. Um, caged could, could eggs. Could you explain that 
for the people listening? Sure. So we have this, obviously, this idea that free range means animals living in green pastures and very open spaces and living happy, healthy lives. However, there's actually no legal framework as to what the term free range means. So you'll find a majority of so-called free range animals are still living in confined sheds where they don't see the sunlight until they're on a truck on their way to their murder and they're living in abhorrent and filthy conditions. And I've seen this firsthand myself across Western Australia. Yeah, it's strange because it's clear that the egg industry did have a bit of a PR crisis a few years ago because they obviously got around in a meeting. They said, okay, vegan have vegans have kind of fucked us over here they've kind of put us in a corner with this you know cage thing so why don't we invent the term cage free yeah. and, and, and you know maybe they're in like a box now and, and there's like you the know, same size 20 thing, centimeters but it's a box. more space yeah. you know yeah yeah, yeah. or is it open exactly. to interpretation it's just a bigger yeah. cage yeah yeah, yeah. It, it, exactly exactly and, and like, that's a pretty fucked up existence you know putting an animal in in a in a little box and they like literally can't move they're covered in their own shit and piss like that th- that that's pretty horrible yeah, yeah. And, and you've seen this for yourself uh, going into warehouses and such? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So is that breaking and entering? Not trying to, you know, yeah, okay. Yes. All right, yeah. And and, and breaking the law, you know, sometimes because, yeah. Um, well, no, it would be, is it, do you guys go to the extent of breaking, which is the crime, or do you just go to the extent of trespassing? Because there's, there's like a legal difference there. So trespass isn't a crime, it's a tort but breaking and entering, so actually forcibly breaking into a place is a crime. Is that something that you guys actually do? Or you just go into properties and you just protest and that's it? Uh, a bit of both, to mm. be honest. Um, there are many undercover activists that actually, actually are breaking in wow. to okay. expose footage um, and there are other activists doing that other sort of thing, just like trespassing wow. and protesting, yeah. Wow, so have you got a like a crack hot legal legal team? <laughs> Probably gonna fucking need one. Yeah. <laughs> Soon, man. Jesus Christ. Um so have you have you ever been um I'm not sure if sorry, I can't remember if you, you answered this question before, but have you ever been to court for what your activism? Yes, I have. Um I'm due to go to court uh twice this year and I actually had the police at my door yesterday and I've been charged again for the Louis Vuitton action. Wow. Um, and I was get, charged for charged? the football yeah. field run. Mm. What did you get charged with with the Louis Vuitton thing? Disorderly behaviour. Uh, not public nudity? No. no. Yeah, okay, that's interesting. Disorderly behaviour. Yeah, disorderly behaviour is such a grey area one as well. It's like you were being annoying. Disorderly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. Like what kind of fucking, what kind of shit is that? That's interesting, yeah. But yeah, I've only, I've been charged disorderly for the other topless protests that I did. So I think mm. it's, they're definitely using the nudity to get me for disorderly because I haven't been charged disorderly for any other protest that I've done exactly the same except clothed. So yeah. they're definitely using the topless thing against me. And I actually had the state security police at my door Yeah, yesterday. so that's something I was interesting um, yeah. going to ask you about. So what was that conversation like? Was it intimidating? Not at all, actually. They were actually very nice officers mm. and they were sort of just, you know, going through everything with me. But I think someone higher up has obviously sent the state security team to come after me. Um, they haven't boost, dealt yeah. with me before as an intimidation tactic. Yeah, yeah. I've spoken to the state security before because I was at an action one time that the uh, socialists socialists did. They stormed Linda Reynolds' office over, like, in summer in Perth. And then, yeah, they're they're weird because they're clearly trained to be quite intimidating. They sort of come over with their bum bags and, like, stand over you. And they're like, (laughs) what's your name? And it's like, fucking... 
John. Just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Just take me away, please. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, th- th- that's kind of they. They are. It's really strange because they are the final frontier to change. It, 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 they're, they're. You know, I might sound you know super like extremist right now, but they, they, they are the protectors of the system. You know, and and they will be the ones to have to defend it because it it, it would it would suck. Yeah, being at like climate protests and stuff, it would kind of suck being a cop. Because if you believed in the cause, because you're the one trying to protect the system against change, if, yeah. if, if you yeah, think to about it, the status quo in many ways. Okay. Exactly, exactly. Like um, when there was a uh, when Duke and Gorge happened. When Rio oh, Tinto yeah. was it Rio Tinto blew up Duke and Gorge. Yeah, Rio Tinto. Yeah, yeah. So many cops protecting the doors, um, and it's like are you. Are you acting as like their protectors or like that you're supposed to protect the community, not big business, but you know, whatever, I guess it's how it goes. Some of those yeah. people can get pretty wild though. So exactly. And what we're we going to do storm in their offices and shit yeah. on their desks. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. Well, I mean, give it the opportunity. I'm sure people would. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It'd be really interesting if your Louis Vuitton, you know, uh, escapade started a bit of a trend and other people started doing and other Louis Vuitton stores, around the world has anyone mm. else do you think been inspired by you and do you reckon they have plans to keep going against louis vuitton because i think yeah that could be an effective tactic yeah well yeah. i know in the u.s for years now there's been a lot of activists really honing in on the fur industry going into places like louis vuitton and canada goose and as i mentioned earlier we're seeing the fur industry collapse because of those disruptive actions and i think that's a perfect example of how disruptive activism is so important like these companies are sick of activists coming in and calling them out for animal abuse so that's why they're announcing they're going fur free um i know my actions definitely have inspired many people um to become animal rights activists i think a lot of people fear going to my level though there definitely are other activists out there doing it Mm. but i think in numbers it's quite minimal so um at least, yeah, I've inspired other people to at least voice up and get in, get involved in some form of activism. But not only get involved with activism, but also just to continue the comp- like whether or not somebody decides to become a vegan or not. That now that like what you're doing and what other people are doing, actually putting the conversation at the forefront mm, yeah. of um, even like political discussion, yeah. um, which is obviously incredibly important. You we touched on, um, sorry, you touched on like women's rights in like the right to vote, like the right to like like for, for Aboriginal Australians, but also African-Americans. Like no, like we wouldn't have the rights, low equal rights of people if people weren't doing what you're doing. Yeah, essentially. exactly. Um, which is incredibly important. But yeah, and which is why I'd like, I wouldn't, I don't think I'll ever become or be able to become a full vegan just because I- Never say never. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. But I, I think the most shocking thing about what's um, your situation is what we we're talking about before. Like the, the whole media- manipulation thing and even getting to the point where you know the government's using um intimidation tactics against somebody who's a non-violent protester Mm. and in a country where you would expect that you would have the right to protest Mm. against certain things yeah um yeah and it's obviously if it continues to happen it could be a pretty quick path on the way down to you know tyrannical like yeah um yeah, you know what I mean. We, we, we will see more of it, though, because, you know, we are we are genuinely heading into, like, a climate crisis. We are experiencing a climate crisis right now. And, you know, c- cutting down the consumption of meat 
is something we literally have to do, you know, because of, you know, um, cows' farts contributing to like 50% of the fucking pollution in the world or something like that. Yes. Can you feed them seaweed? And that gets rid yeah, there's of that a special form of red seaweed that you can mm. grow and feed them, and it reduces their farts by like sixty percent or something. But could you, it, could you look that up? It's firstly? a band aid. It, it is yeah. a band aid, but but it could make the industry more sustainable if it shrunk, mm. and then you started feeding them the seaweed. But you, you, I think you will see more state police knocking on activist stores and raiding. Yeah, because we are talking before before we started how mm. um, Extinction Rebellion in Perth did a, you know, chalk paint protest and the state police visited their home and raided their homes a, a, a day later, which is fucking kind of ridiculous that you, like, you chalk paint the road. That is scary. And then yeah. you get the state police visit your house. Same with, like, Friendly Geordies. You might not agree with, you know, his stances on things, but that's still kind of disgusting that, you know, he had his mm. producer's house raided, his dog fucking kicked by, yeah. by some state police guy. But we will see more of it because the government and, and, and the system is not going to act. Look up a more credible source. people do that, you know? Than the the Iowa Farm Bureau. <laughs> is the government bad? No, written by like a government organization. <laughs> no, the government's really great. The Guardian, arguably, not any better. But <laughs> no, nah, the Guardian's all right. They have an agenda, just like they all do. Yeah, which is obviously such a shame, right? It just prevents, even if you do get to the point where you have a national and also an international platform. Um, you can never ensure that your message for what you truly believe is actually going to be accurately represented um, to the masses of people, which is a bigger myth. No, but the, yeah, yeah, that's like kind of like the beauty and and the and, and the dark side of the internet is that you've you've been able to have your own platform. Like you have a massive following online um, on like YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook, and that's enabling you to talk directly to your fans. Like, okay, this is like what I actually mean, and, mm. and you get to explain yourself. So, so that's really handy, right? Definitely. Yeah. yeah, I always try and make a bit of a after video of my protests, sort of just going through um, responding to the standard sort of comments um, that I receive online from, you know, triggered people and people that don't understand the message. And yeah, that's greatly helped. I mean, yeah, a lot of people obviously see me as this crazy person. They become intrigued and actually go onto my social medias see the real me and see the truth as well and see exactly what I'm trying to do. Sure, yeah. I, it's a bit of a personal question. You don't have to answer if you don't want to, but what does your family think of your activism? Are they supportive? Uh, a bit of 50-50, mm. I guess. Um, initially, all of them just didn't understand it and um, I was still living at home with my family at the time So when the police would always be coming, knocking on the door, and that just really stressed out. Um most of my family members. So Understandably. Yeah. That's kind of 100%. crazy. Like, hey, we'd like to speak to your daughter for yeah, being a naughty person. Ex yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And they didn't like that my name was getting out there with mm. all the media articles. Like it was just something very new to them. But I think over time, particularly my mum, she's a vegan as well, has really taken the time to understand why I'm doing what I'm doing and she's fully on board with me. Um, my dad... He's a bit 50-50. Yeah. He, he's not vegan himself. He doesn't really like the disruptive activism and what I'm doing, but I think he still has that sort of mutual standpoint where he's like, okay, 
you know, yeah. her choice. Doesn't agree and, with what um, you're doing, but still loves you. Yeah. Just the same. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And my brother actually really hated what I was doing. He's four years younger than me, so he'd always be dealing with his mates, giving yeah. shit about me. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's but, actually um, an interesting point. Yeah. yeah, it's quite amazing because he actually really supports what I do now. He's just yeah. had this complete turnover from, you know, calling me an idiot and me thinking that our relationship was never going to be the same to actually telling me, like, good on you. I kind of understand why you're doing this. Okay. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, I yeah. think that just shows that, you know, society is changing. I'm definitely getting a lot more people on board, you know, actually at least coming to the point where I understand where she's coming from. I can have a bit of respect for her. Yeah. So, you, you know, the, the, the options in WA to, to protest for you are shrinking. You, you know, you might be banned from, you know, retail stores next, which is pretty crazy. Um, so could you picture, you know, probably having to move away because that sucks, you know, being banned from venues or are you just going to keep going in WA, do you reckon? It's such a hard decision. Like, Mm. yeah, Western Australia in particular is just so hefty with the consequences compared to other states. I mean, it was so refreshing being in Melbourne and getting along with the police and not dealing with any of this. But I guess this huge resistance makes me want to continue in Western Australia. But, um, yeah, obviously it's going to be difficult if I'm left with basically nowhere to protest. So maybe I will eventually have to move over east, but I'm just not sure at this point in time. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah well, okay. So, yeah, you, you <laughs> essentially like the only strategy you probably do have then is to just keep going until you literally are forced out of the state, like permanently. Are you going <laughs> to ramp it up? Is, is there plans to ramp up? Because I, I, I guess, you know, running across the, the oval at the Optus Stadium is pretty, pretty How much did you get fined for that, by the way? Just under two grand. Wow. Because I've heard, I've heard rumours of people getting fined like 50 grand. I think something. if you like, if it's a COVID yeah. breach, oh, okay. you'll get, you yeah. get fucked up then. Yeah. Mm. So that was before COVID? Yeah, right? it was literally yeah. about a month before wow. COVID okay. hit. Yeah. Jeez. But yeah, I definitely do want to ramp up my activism. I'm so fortunate now to have the OnlyFans income and not worry about losing my jobs and not making a living to be able to do it. So that's definitely um, and you've also got your merch, huge weight off me. Yeah. Your merchandise for anybody yeah. who wants to um, support yeah. support you. Was <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> it say vegan cl- clan? Yeah, vegan, vegan clan. Oh, vegan clan. So how yeah. do you how do you um it because we're talking about the garment industry? How do you ensure that the clothes that you get made um aren't coming and being created off the backs of animals, essentially. Yeah, it definitely took a lot of research and finding to get the right company that um, it is hard, is isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, obviously there's a lot of bulk clothing places that I can get that are vegan, but they still have that environmental impact and mm. I want to be as ethical as I can. So fortunately I found a company called OCC Apparel all my clothing is organic, made with renewable energy um, in a factory in India and they have like photographs of the factory and it's all fair trade certified. So I definitely feel like I found probably one of the most ethical options for my clothing. But um, yeah, it's definitely quite expensive. Mm. Yeah. yeah. D- does Louis Vuitton exploit... Uh, like slave labor and, you know, not ethical trade? Because I I could imagine that their garment factories would be that great. Have you looked into their sort of practices? In, no, in, in I that sort of actually. Side. Yeah. But yeah, imagine in terms of human exploitation. exploitation. Yeah, human yeah. exploitation Probably. as well, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised either, but we sh- yeah, yeah, can we fact check that, Blinia? Um, Does Louis Vuitton 
work off the backs of really poor people. <laughs> well, they all fucking do it, man. Like, um, they so do, yeah. Shaquille and I went to a an investors' night for um, was it Outland Denim? Yeah, Outland Denim. Have you heard yeah, of Outland right. Denim? Yeah. No, I haven't. So yeah, it's run by a, a guy called uh, James Bartle. He um, he was inspired to start up like an ethical denim brand um, after visiting, I think it was like Cambodia. Or something, some Indonesia. Yeah, just, and they, yeah. they go out to. He went out to all of these um, garment manufacturing places and just realized like on how many people um, get essentially like trafficked and used in the garment industry, mm. um, and how it's like one of the most overlooked aspects of like buying clothes. Like nobody really considers like how these clothes are getting made, who is making them, are these people being paid enough? Like and like, how how old are some of these people that are making the clothes? Sure, like yeah. I'm sure yeah. even some of the clothes I'm wearing right now it's, it's have hard been the result tell. of yeah, yeah. human exploitation. We, um, yeah, yeah. With 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 what's this for? Is this Louis Vuitton? Yeah, Louis Vuitton scores not, not good, good enough, enough for its treatment of workers across the supply chain. It received a score of 21 to 30 percent in the Fashion Transparency Index. Animal very welfare, poor. very poor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's that's not good. Yeah, well. Interesting. Shit. Not surprised. Yeah. Yeah. But when, like forms of exploitation and abuse are usually interconnected. So when you have, you know, abuse of animals, the, the you know, uh, other forms of exploitation mm. are usually connected as well. Like, like economic, ethical, mm. moral exploitations. So, yeah, that's really interesting. And it's surprising that there hasn't been a cultural cancellation of companies that use furs still. Because that's interesting that there's, you know, a cancellation in other places, you know, for for, for other forms of, you know, abuse, but, you know, not that, which is, which is, that could be the next frontier, to be honest. Yeah, I think so. Probably will be, you Mm -hmm. know. Yeah. Have you ever seen somebody wear a full chinchilla coat? I saw a chick wearing a box the other day. It's pretty remarkable. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. Literally covering yourself in like the entire skin. Do you reckon they think it's a flex? Uh, I mean, like they're they're very expensive. So yeah. 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 Good for you. Like what? Mm. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So you saw a girl wearing a fox. Yeah. This this, this old woman, very blinged up, had had like a fox around her neck. And it's not like, that's just, you know. (laughs) It's a bit insavory. Yeah, exactly. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, so uh, just to continue the discussion on the garment industry, I, I actually spoke to James. He's keen to come on the podcast next Warden. time he's in Perth. So, yeah. no, um, so James Bartle. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so we'll definitely get him on to have a, a bit more of a chat yeah, about interesting, interesting. Um, the garment industry. Because, yeah, like denim um, is like notoriously bad for the environment. Mm. Is that right? Oh, shit, yeah, Yeah, because of the use yeah. of chemicals and all that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, and yeah, I think your point on how like just any form of exploitation sort of brings with it almost all other forms of exploitation, like economically. So connected. It's, it, yeah. it's, it's all interconnected to, yeah, through our systems, which, yeah, which is going to be interesting because there is, there is a lot that we have to undo as we evolve as a species if we want to survive. And, and yeah, definitely at the minimum, Redu- heavily reducing our consumption of meat is going to have to happen no matter what. Mm. It's, it's, yeah, it's going to have to happen because, um, major damaging to the environment major yeah like you still do kill 
you, like you still do kill like some sort of birds and insects through the plant agriculture, right? Like yes. th- th- that's still unfortunately a thing. there still is yeah. that impact. But there's this misconception that um, crop kill is more significant and vegans are actually contributing to more deaths. But people completely disregard the fact that a majority of crops grown are to feed farmed animals. animals. So yeah. crop kill is a non-vegan problem. Mm. You can reduce an enormous amount of suffering by yeah. living vegan. Well, well if, if the world went vegan tomorrow, you'd probably have like a lot of people stop feeding their animals and they would die, so, so, especially like third world countries. So you'd have like a lot of suffering that way. And you probably wouldn't see a lot of cows and chickens if people were vegan, you know? So that, that, that species would probably disappear largely. Um, oh, why would in you terms keep a cow, of animals, you know? yeah, that that are used for agriculture. Yeah, why would you have? A yeah, cow that, if you uh, that's an interesting going, point, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like people have like chickens as pets and all that sort of thing for the for eggs. For eggs, oh, true. Good yeah, point. yeah, I, th- I think these animals should not be bred into existence to live a life of suffering and be brutally murdered. And all these animals have been genetically manipulated, so they're suffering exactly. in one way or sure. another. For yeah, example, yeah. chickens bred for their meat, they're actually slaughtered at just six weeks old, but they're freaking massive because they're yeah. just pumped, pumped yeah, and yeah. genetically and modified. They can't, like I've, I think I've seen photos of chickens who can't even like hold themselves up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, That's yeah. what happens. They grow so much they can't even stand on their two feet. Yeah, surely, so these animals uh, yeah. are suffering. They should not be living at all. They should not be bred into existence. Uh, okay, I mean. so so if if I was like you know save a chicken from a farm and and have it have it live in my house with, with a bunch of its chicken friends and I'd <laughs> I'd cuddle the chicken and, and I'd, I'd watch TV with the chicken and what the whatever the <laughs> fuck, um, and then it laid an egg sometimes and I ate the egg. Is that wrong? Because it's naturally going to pop out the egg anyway, right? So, like, and eggs, you know. Yeah, but you would be great. preventing the egg from turning into a. That happens anyway, man. N- not all eggs turn into turn into. I chickens. thought they were genetically modified to like not hatch into a little hatchling. Well, I think they've genetically modified them to like pump out a lot of eggs, mm. and yes. they obviously can't, yeah. you know, roost them all or whatever the fuck you call it. So, you know, but if that damage has already been done. Why can't we, you know, utilize the damage that's already been done and and keep them as pets and have their eggs if they're going to be popping out the eggs anyway? From a vegan standpoint, taking something from someone else is immoral and chickens actually rely on eating their own eggs for their nutrients. Um, Basically, a chicken laying an egg is the equivalent to a human female giving birth. So it's a huge process. It's very tiring. They use up a lot of energy for it. And they actually, yeah, rely on eating their own eggs to gain nutrients. And chicken, it's science has found that chickens actually severely suffer from their eggs being taken away from them. Yeah, it would be psychologically traumatizing. Mm. It it definitely would. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, no, because it's a sad thing. I I think I watched this, yeah, document. I'm not sure what it was, but like. So like a cow crying because it like had been like missing its child, and then some some farmer was like, "Oh no, like they're they're an idiot, so they forget the next day that their kid's been taken away anyway." And I was like, "That's not like, like a consolation that they're an idiot, so they'll forget." Well, that, that's interesting, like because <laughs> you know? like you, you especially as a human, like in your earlier stages of development, things can happen to you that lead to trauma, but mm. you can't necessarily re- remember your conscious mind no yeah no. so like like before the age of six like if you're like abused or something like that you might not necessarily remember it explicitly but it stains you yeah of course yeah, yeah and it impacts you psychologically 
Yeah, yeah. And, and, and like, there's definitely the thing where eating animals that have been abused and have gone through a lot of trauma probably is like more unhealthy for you to, to eat that sort of meat that carries that sort of, you know, because w- w- when you when you feel stress uh, uh, as like, as, you know, an organic being, mm. you release chemicals and that sort of, you know, flavours. Which I, see, which I think is behind the, the, the reasoning behind like halal, like meat as well. So like, yes. uh, which comes from um, Islamic culture. It's, it's essentially like you, you make sure that the animal is calm and, you know, relax before you kill it because mm. apparently, yeah, like if, from what you're saying, like if the animal is stressed out before you kill it, it like it ruins the meat, yeah. essentially. So, yeah, and that's a bit of an awkward one. Like in, in some cases, your cause does conflict with religious, you know, ceremonies and, and traditions. So is, is there a way to, you know, um, reconcile with that conflict? No, I believe tradition and religion is no excuse for animal abuse Mm. and it should be phased out. I mean, if we look at other, uh, for example, like female genital mutilation in some traditions, they're justifying that, well, that's our culture and our tradition, but we would obviously say, well, that's immoral because that's resulting in someone else's suffering. Mm. That tradition should not be used as an excuse to continue um, inflicting suffering upon someone else. And I think it's exactly the same with non-human animals. Yeah, it's it's strange with that one because then you have like, you know, the the, the Taliban the other day. What, what religion are they again? I, I'm such an Islamic. Yeah, Muslim, yeah, 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 yeah. But it's, it's, a, it's a special, it's a different branch of it. But they view, they view it as immoral that, you know, women don't cover their heads when they walk around and immoral when people listen to music. So, like, your argument that, like, it, it, it's immoral is, is their argument back to us for, for you know, to, to argue against things that we do. So, mm. so it's, like, the same argument clashing heads, but it's just, like, we prefer... Th- th- their one isn't backed by science. So you could say that it's, you know, an well, outdated that's a, that's argument. A, that's a great point. You know? Like, where do you actually draw the morality from? At the end of the day, like yeah. so, uh, uh, somebody who's practices religion would say that they draw all their morality and their their values off of a book. Right? Congratulations! Yeah. yeah, so it's 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 interesting. Yeah, and your sort of your point on like religious ceremonies and ceremonies and stuff being phased out. I would honestly prefer it if religion as a whole was phased out. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd tell us what you really think. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, at the like we were speaking about this before, like in terms of like free the nipple and all that sort of thing. Um, a lot of traditions, modern traditions, so contemporary um, traditions that we sort of experience every day, um, a lot of it can be drawn back to, to religion. So like marriage is a perfect example, right? Mm. Like in monogamous relationships, um, like it, it, is it really natural to be with one person for the rest of your life? Sure. Right? And all of these, a vast range of stuff that I can't even pull off the top of my head, um, how religion actually has a massive impact on our society um, and draws so many people to conflict with one another. It has had profoundly positive impacts, though. A thousand years ago, maybe. Well, well, we're still feeling the impact today from the strength that religion, you know, permeated through our society. It's, it's It's made our culture strong and and organized so, so th- there's definitely benefits like that and it's given people like moral compasses and shit so, so but, but I, I, okay I, I have a i have a question i, I think we'll, we'll make these one of the final questions we'll, we'll, yeah, yeah sure what do you reckon um owning a pet so like uh keeping a fish in a bowl by itself 
that's kind of weird. You know, you, you, you might be feeding it and treating it nice, you know, and giving it, you know, little pebbles and plants and rocks to spin through. Pebbles. <laughs> but, but like, it, 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 it is kind of, it is kind of weird to keep a fish in a bowl. If I had to be kept in like a bowl, just like sitting there, that'd be kind of, you know, depressing. Mm. Um, domesticating animals and keeping them in your homes, like birds, keeping a bird in a cage, that's kind of like weird for me, even though like a lot of people do it. What's your stance on that? I'm against breeding animals into existence to be used, like to be domesticated. So yeah, I would so I never support... the ownership of dogs as pets. Yeah, I support mm. the adopt, don't shop stance. Sure. I think there yeah. are so many animals that need adopting in shelters and instead they're murdered because yeah. no one will rescue them and take yeah. them mm. in no, home. Same, yeah, that, that's and, it, yeah. Yeah, and by profiting the breeding industry um, is increasing the demand for more of those animals to be bred in, into existence and babies to be taken away from their mothers just so just for our own pleasure like and puppy i think farms that's immoral and such. yes yeah, yeah that's an yeah. interesting point yeah so like instead of yeah like it, why go to a breeder when you can just go to a refuge mm. and actually exactly. rescue a dog that needs to be rescued yeah. yes yeah because if people don't desex their cats mm. cats will you know have a good time around the neighborhood and they'll get pregnant <laughs> and then people are like, fuck we have all these kittens let's like give them into these places and people can have some kittens some cats yeah. so yeah it's it's a pretty common thing but um yeah it's it's a hard problem to reconcile because there are so many uh, overflowing shelters, like especially like the Cat Haven in WA, they're always like, take mm. the cats, or the dog refuge, yeah, the yeah. Park dog refuge, yeah, yeah, yeah. They can't get, 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 yeah, get enough cats out of the door, yeah, yeah. But, which which is yeah, a sad thing, yeah. All right, well, I think we've had a had a great chat. Um, is there anything you wanted to pitch before we we wrap it up? Yeah, I guess just one final thing is I highly recommend watching the Australian documentary Dominion. It's free on YouTube, or you can just go to watchdominion.com. Just mm. So you can get a perspective as to what is happening inside the meat, dairy and egg industries as well as the murder factories. And the great thing about it, yeah, it's all Australian footage and it's very recent footage as well. Well, okay. Well, thanks so much for coming yeah. on, guys. Thank you so much for it was having great, me it was on. It's great to meet you. Great to yeah. meet you too. Cool.